Uh, let me ask you something. Just get started. Um, who was the best rookie from 2022? If you feel like you had to choose one. I know the war has already been. No. Um, uh, I decided. It was, it, was a, it, was a, it was actually one of the best races that we had. Yeah. You really think about it. Scotty Barnes played phenomenally well. I know K cut him is here. I think K cut him the best rookie from that class, probably um, this season at least, and maybe potentially overall. But I think K Cunningham was the guy. Once he got going, I know he missed a couple, couple games, you know, before the start of the, the season and stuff like that. But like he's he's special. Like he's all around game, pure shooter, pure jump shot. Like he, it's it's the talent is there. Um, Detroit Pistons have a, a franchise caliber guy, franchise player for sure. Yeah, but now it's their job to build around them. Or, excuse me, build around Cade. Because, you know, I feel like, unfortunately, Detroit is probably one of those cities and teams where they may have to either build through trades or the draft. It's tough free agent-wise for, you know, certain players to go there. But I, I think they can. You know, like, to your point, too, Cade, you know, kind of has a whole package in terms of being able to make everyone around him better. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it's tough. Um, I'll Who, probably... Who would you go with? Yeah. I would go with Evan. Go with? I would go with Evan. Evan Robley. Yeah. Um... And it's interesting too. Like I'm, I'm always critical of like rookies that are good on good teams, right? Now, obviously, their situations is different. I think Evan is playing with a lot more talent than Cade, Cade was, but still, you know, what I mean, like just the idea of being an important piece on a potential, you know, playoff team, um, especially with the way the Cavs start out their season. Um, I mean, I mean, y'all know how I feel about winning, and the fact that Evan was a, a huge part. Now, obviously, when we talk about rookie of the year. You know what I'm saying? You take that with a grain of salt in terms of how you how you value winning, of course. Um, obviously, like I said, with Cade, the current team that he has constructed around him, it is what it is. But um, the future's looking bright for the league, though. The future's looking bright, man. I, I know uh, they announced the, the all-rookie first team. I'm looking at it now. We got uh, Scotty. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I know a lot of people wanted someone on the first team. Um, Josh. Yes, you know, but yeah, who's he better than? That's, that's the the, the million dollar question that no one ever likes to answer. Who's he? Who's he better on that that first team? And if you talk about Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley is like I said, yeah, I think he's the most talented player that got drafted out of that draft class for sure. Just like his ability of like defensively, probably gonna have ability to guard one through five someday in the NBA, and also just like his scoring ability, he can handle the ball, he can shoot. And score for a variety of ways. He hasn't even touched this offense. You know, his defense was what was like showcased the most with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But or you look at that, it was like Frank, who was like Fraz Wagner. Yeah, Fraz um, Wagner, uh Wagner. Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Kate Cunningham, and Scotty Barnes. That's tough. Yeah, that, that's that's tough. That's like let's be real. Like Josh Giddy is a great traditional point guard who's seen a lot of minutes because OKC is tanking and you know he's he's a good he's a good solid player like he's gonna be a a Ricky Rubio type of player in this league. Hopefully, maybe he's better than Ricky Ricky Rubio. You know, if everything goes right, potentially maybe. But like that 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 first team is serious. Like I don't look at the guard position. Are you taking him? Who are you taking him? Are you taking Josh Giddy over K Cunningham? No. J J G J G was the one that a lot of you know, people are saying like it should be a, a toss up. 
But yeah, but again, like the thing is with these all rookie first teams, you're you're judging based off the current season, what happened over these yeah. 82, not the potential. Right? We're not True. even talking about who you would draft or who you would have over the you know the next decade or whatever. It's more of like, okay, who had the better rookie year? And to me, you know, that doesn't that doesn't mean that, you know, if if a guy isn't on the first team for rookies, that doesn't mean that he's not gonna be a top five player of his class. But it it, it just gives you something to think about. Obviously JG being the fan favorite, but Josh hooped. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, he's Josh 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 definitely hooped. <laughs> um, but I mean Jalen Green start, is was hooping too. Like I think people got facts. caught up caught up in, you know, somebody tweeting what he said about Green and you you know, part of that was because a certain audience likes a certain player more. Yeah. And I'm not gonna get really into that. But like Jalen Green was a problem. Like Jalen Green had like phenomenal moments. Like Jalen Green you know, join a, a list of rookies of Allen Iverson when he went four straight games with 30 plus points or more. You know what I'm saying? Like he did that his rookie season. Like people don't want to talk about it, but it's because they like to say, oh, the Houston Rockets were trash. Somebody had to score. But like, you know, the OKC was trash. Somebody had to rebound and assist and pass. <laughs> it's the same thing, you know, and it's not yeah, like, and it, you know, like it's let's funny really we're arguing two it. teams are, are, yeah. are cans. You know, you know? so that, that's, that's, no, that's the fun part about rookie debates. It's like yeah. you're arguing, you end up arguing, obviously players, but teams like, okay, both of them aren't really winning. So <laughs> Contribute to the success of, of <laughs> yeah, winning. I was going to say, but I mean, hey, you know, yeah. it, it, it's fun to watch. I mean, if you, you know, if you're a big league pass guy and yeah. um, understand like, hey, you're not watching these games for one team to win. You're watching them to see like, all right, who's got a better player? You're watching those games off potential, right? You're yeah. watching those games to see like, okay, what's it the was, next line of stars looking like? Exactly. Like I said, um, Jalen Green, the guy he joined when he scored four consecutive 30-point performances, you know, the guy that he joined as a rookie on that list is Allen Iverson, you know, so that's pretty impressive. Like, when we start looking at things like efficiency and, like, his, his shooting, I think he only shot, like, what, I think 39, 37% from the field and stuff like that. Of course, that's kind of things that are going to improve on, of course, his career. But it's just kind of like the potential and the talent is there. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Give me a guy that can put the ball in the hoop over a guy that's a traditional guard. You know what I'm saying? That's, to be honest, traditional guards in the year 2022 is very uncommon because they're very kind of like obsolete. So it's not saying they're not valuable, but it's just kind of like from a guard standpoint, when we talk about the best guards in the NBA and, you know, the point guard era that we were kind of in, it's guys that can put the ball in the hoop. It's guys that can do both, you know, really. Like, you look at Russell Westbrook in times and, like, you know, Steph Curry can pass, stuff like that. But you really got to put the ball in the hoop. You know, at least Jalen Green, we've seen already this rookie year that the brother can put the ball in the hoop. I'll take that over a, a low triple-double any day. <laughs> a low, low triple-double is kind of shade, but I understand. You know, just 10, hey, a triple-double is tripped up. 10, yeah. 10, 10, whatever, it's still tripped up. Yeah, but, it, but, it, but let's be real. Like, Russell Westbrook, made the triple-double real. Like, all that, like, 10, 12, 15 points, triple-doubles, like, okay, that's cute or whatever, but, you know. No, nah, but Westbrook honestly, was getting, like, 30, 15, you know, like, I, Russ really I, showed how easy, how easy it was, you're saying? No, he gave the triple-double a little bit more meaning. Like, before, it was kind of like... Know. Before I think, it was like I think, it's, I think like, it's the exact... I think it was the exact opposite, to be honest. I think, so? like, when, when people were getting triple-doubles, people were like, oh, my goodness, he had a triple-double. But when Russ started to like get it all the time and at, and no. literally average it. 
Yeah, like, okay. no, I, I, no, I definitely give her that. I'm talking about though, like the numbers he was getting a triple double. Most times in the past, like when people were getting triple doubles, like Jason Kidd, like. 12, 10, and 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, rage out, rage out, rage out Rondo. Tiptoe, tiptoe. Yeah. Rage out Rondo. 16, 12, and 10. You know what I'm saying? That's cool, but like, that's Josh, that's Josh Giddy. That's going to be his career. Like, he's going to get those low-end triple-doubles. He's not going to do what a James Harden come the first player in NBA history get a 60-point triple-double performance. He's not going to do what Russell Westbrook was doing or Luka Doncic. Like, Luka will be getting sometimes 35, 12, and, and 10. Like, that's tough. That's really when you start seeing your impact. That's what I'm saying. Josh Giddy, great player, probably be a, a starter to ro- rotational player, you know, for his career. I don't see him being like a, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but right. this is me basing on, you know, what I'm seeing. Right much, now. Yeah, I'm with you. But, but I mean, like, you, you mentioned two names, though, like James Harden and Luka in comparison, in, and Russ in comparison yeah. to, to Josh's triple doubles, which is yeah. tough to do. That's true, but then but who, just, who's who? What's a good comparison for Jalen? Not necessarily his playing style, but like if we're gonna compare Josh's triple doubles to those three guys, what should what should Jalen's like scoring, um, you know, be be compared to? Maybe not like a a book or, you know, I don't I, like who's really snapping for like forty game. It's it's different. I feel like it's it's, it's a yeah, lot it's, different. It's, but. it's different. It's different because like Jalen Green's a shooting guard, so it's just kind of like we got shooting guards like Bradley Beal. Who one go. minute is, is starting the All Star game, the next minute is not making the All Star roster the following year, because it's that you know it's that that guard position is so dynamic and so talented. Like look at Jalen Green. Jalen Green's a shooting guard. Like Jalen Green is a, a stud, a monster. But it's just like that guard position when we talk about guards, like it's very very tough. So though I think those two are the best examples, like guys that can possibly make the All Star game someday. Um, like I feel like a Jalen Green. And put up that type of production. That's what I would kind of compare Jalen Green's probably like possible, like you know, promise and like future probably would be like a you know, if he's lucky, like a a Bradley Beal or like a you know, my boy Brown, Jalen Brown from uh, yeah. the Boston Celtics. Yeah, and one thing with Jalen, I'm I'm happy that um he's getting the keys. You know, yeah. like a lot of I feel like rookie struggles because even though you know you want them to to learn and all that stuff, at the same time, experience is the best teacher. So. The fact that he's being thrown out there and having to experience, you know, the rough, the ups and downs of the season, I think that's going to pay off um, later on in the line for him. You know, like just the idea of being the number one option on the team, the idea of having the responsibilities. Because it's, it's okay to go through the rough patches now, right? Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody sitting here saying like, all right, you guys got to make the playoffs, or you guys got to win the championship. But obviously, eventually, that time is going to happen. And when it does, you know, I think it's going to be these tough moments. That'll, you know, probably prepare for him. The same, and the same thing is for um, Josh Giddy. Like, I feel like all rookies should want to go to play at OKC. I feel like you should be telling your agent to get me to OKC because you're going to play there. You're going to get a chance to grow. You're going to get a chance to struggle. You're going to get a chance to lose, of course. But you're going to actually get a chance to play. It's of no course, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's, no, it's, no, it's no better situation than being as a rookie where you get to actually develop on the court. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've seen legends, like, Kobe, Kobe kind of had to wait. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though Kobe was phenomenal and successful, but it's just like, I'd rather be in a spot as a rookie where I get to develop on the court and not have to, like, fight for, like, you know, 10 minutes here and stuff like that because you got vets and stuff like that, especially if, you, especially if your team is, like, a borderline, like, playoff team. You know, like, teams like the New York Knicks do that. Like, they don't want to get the keys to their young talent because they want to fight for a playoff, like, roster, where it's just, like, kind of like, oh, you probably should, like, 
develop your young guys, you know, year round instead of like trying to compete for like an AC. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm a, if I'm a if I'm a young rookie, I'm telling my agent give me the OKC. Well, I mean, I know what you mean. You probably like the the the, the team aspect of OKC because you know just the idea of like you're going to get more opportunities and things like that. But I mean, I don't know. I mean. Because sometimes it is good to wake because also we've seen guys peak too early, right? We, we've seen like players, you know, have great rookie and first couple of seasons, then just tail off. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it though. Get the experience, the wins at that point in your career. Also, that, no, that's another point too. I think, I think you mentioned this before. I want to say with like DeAndre Ayton and guys like Luca, get your numbers first, right? Yeah. That way when that contract comes around, the bag has been secured and yeah. then... All right, let's you know, let's make some sacrifices. You know, let's yeah, let's, maybe, tr- let's yeah, try and win ball. Yeah, maybe, maybe first, <laughs> if maybe, I'm up to it, first. let's let's sign my name on some some paperwork first. first, and then you know, okay, let's care about winning. Yeah, but, first first yeah, first seven years, first seven years, get your stats. That's what I always. Get, <laughs> seven, get, no, no, get no seven is crazy. Seven is crazy. <laughs> first, first, seven, first, seven, first, seven is crazy. Before you, once you I'll put it like this, once you sign your second contract, right, right, right. Yeah, you yeah, can so start after, I would say, yeah, after your junior year, right after your third year in the league, it's like okay. You know, you're probably gonna walk into you know getting that nice little deal. Now then we'll say like this. Make that shift. Now we'll say this. The only problem about like my what I want, like yo, go to a bad team, get your get your stats, and get you know get your money. The only problem is that's when we start seeing like the narrative that people start because they don't actually watch the games. But for the people that do watch the games, we can look at a situation with Devin Booker and Zach Levine. Like, no, these guys are studs. They just need a team around them. But other people are gonna be like, well. Devin Booker is averaging this and that. He's averaging 25 and 5, but his team is losing. He's not really that good. That's what they were saying about Devin Booker. They were saying the same thing about Zach Levine. So don't be surprised in a couple of years if Jalen Green's averaging like 20, 22, 23, 4 points and then people are going to start. He's on a losing team and stuff like that. That's the only bad thing about getting drafted to a, a poor team and putting up crazy stats compared to a situation like Evan Mobley or Scotty Barnes where you're on a decent team where like, you're contributing and stuff like that. So, a couple of things. One, another name I would throw in there is Trey Young, right? Just the idea yeah, of like, okay, of he, he, you know, he didn't <laughs> um, have a great team, whatever, but he still. But you know what though? In those examples, I think that's a good thing, right? I, I think that's low key needed because then when you make it right, the energy and the narrative shift. And so my thing is, if you're really that good, especially if you get drafted that high, there's a reason you got drafted that high. At some point. Right, it might not happen in your rookie, your sophomore, even junior, but at some point, questions will have to be asked. Now, I think Devin and Trey, it happened to them a little too early because you know they were young and stuff like that. But eventually, you spend it was Act Two, a little bit, yeah, yeah, Act Two. But I mean, he was he also had a yeah, Zach played with a number one overall pick, so two of them. But (laughs) I mean, just the idea of like you know, if you're going to get drafted that high, that's with the intent of you being somewhat of a franchise changer. Right, not everyone may be, you know, a LeBron or a Luca or AD, whatever. But like, there are some expectations with, with being drafted that high, and whatever people, whatever, like whatever year frame people have in terms of like, okay, this is the year where we start making some real judgments, you know, because it's very similar to like the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown thing, you know, like early on we say, you know, there were babies, there were kids, there were teenagers for crying out loud. But then after a while, it shifts into like, okay, you know, we, we, we view you in a different light now. So you got to produce. It sucks, but that's the territory, you know, you, you, you put yourself in. But 
Yeah. For all my okay yeah. C, C fans, I will say that like Josh Giddy played phenomenal. He had a great rookie season. But if you were watching OKC games, it's crazy that I do watch OKC games. I don't know why, but I guess that's a fan of being, you know, a fan of the sport. <laughs> um, I don't even think Josh Giddy the best rookie on their team this year. Trey Mann is phenomenal. Like, he's special. Like, this brother, we talk about a guy that can put the ball in the hoop, that can score in a variety of ways. People are going to talk about Josh Giddy, you know, team-wise, like, rebounding assists and stuff like that. That's cool and Danny, but like Trey Man, like he has like like Simon's up in Portland, like the Portland Trail players. That's who he reminds me of. Like this brother can get busy. All he needs is a minutes. All he needs is an opportunity. Once he got it, I was saying like, yo, it's there. Like the talent is there. So that's what I would say about the whole like Josh Giddy should be on the first team. Like just be thankful he's on the second team. Cause like a legitimate argument be made that he's probably not even the best rookie on his team. That's tough. But, I mean, it's a good problem to have if you're OKC, you know, especially yeah, considering they have, like, 3,000 draft picks. So, I mean, like, yeah. when you talk about the youth behind it, it's like, okay, you know, you got, you got a bunch of or a good amount of young players that can produce. You know, it doesn't have to just be, um, all right, one guy is, you know, the clear-cut superstar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you know, that's how a lot of teams are kind of built. Um, Trey, Trey Mann almost had a 40-piece this year, so. <laughs> it's it's serious. Like yeah. they're out to get like thirty five, seventy five one game. Like he's he's tough. Nasty work. Nasty work. <laughs> he's tough. Uh, but speaking of nasty work, um, what the hell happened to the Dallas Mavericks? Are you surprised? Like, like what? How long do you think this series is going to go between the Mavs and, and and the Warriors? Like, five. do you think like think five? Yeah, I think it's curtains too. Five, I think, maybe six. I mean, yeah. maybe six if Luca gets goes crazy a couple. But it's just yeah. like it's it was it's it's disappointing really. Because, like, we, I really wanted to see the Suns versus the Warriors. They just dropped the ball, really. Sadly. Yeah. And, and I mean, we just re- dropped the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like we, re- we reached the point where it's just like, Golden State Warriors are going to the finals. Like, I don't really have to, like, you know, unless Luka just turns into LeBron James athletically, which is not going to happen overnight. <laughs> I yeah, don't even know like, why you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think it's like, oh, I said that because, like, in 2015, like, the Warriors found the way, like, Kyrie was out, Kevin Love was out, and they went up against a peak LeBron James in the finals, and they still won. I don't think they're going to have any trouble with Luka Doncic, who's a LeBron James disciple, just without the athleticism. Like, I don't think they're going to have any problem. And then you yeah. got Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. Like, they're better. This is 2015, but better because you got Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. I don't think, I think it's curtains. Yeah. Nice story, though. Yeah, but I say, yeah, gentlemen sweep, nothing wrong with that. You know, get him yeah. out in five. Um, I mean, I agree. Like, that's the perfect number. I don't. I do think Dallas is going to get a game though off the strength. You know, I will give yeah. Luke at that. I don't see him them getting swept. Um, but even though like people say like they didn't think that they could beat the Suns or even the Jazz, the Warriors are proven, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt of that. You know, they've they've won together. Um, you know, we saw what they did in Game One. Steph is really like that, like for real. And I think the talks of him, you know, continuing to be at the table, I guess, for best player in the world are going to heat up more and more. Um, it's going to get hot. Stove is hot. As, yeah, it is. But I, I don't know if it was you that asked me this, and we talked about this on the show, but whether or not Steph goes out and wins finals MVP, you know, in the finals. Did, did, I, did, I, did, I, did we talk about that? Did we mention that at all? I think we talked about a little bit of that. Like, um, I mean, just the idea of like, you know, if a certain player catches fire, whether it be Jordan Poole, 
or Clay True. Thompson, and they win Finals MVP. Not necessarily what happens because in the day that's still, you know, bro's fourth chip. Like that's yeah. it's kind of crazy, but it's the idea of like you know. But again, at the same time, Steph could spaz, right? Steph could you know go off and average thirty, thirty five. So, uh, but yeah, in terms of this series, yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's quiet. It's it's quiet. I just hope I just hope like the second best player coming off the bench to me. I just hope that don't be their downfall when it comes like to the NBA Finals. That's my only thing. That's the only yeah. Thing I'm I mean, my my Miami is deep. Miami, you know, has some has some pieces, and I mean, obviously Boston you know, too. But I mean, as, as of right now, because that series, that series may go. That series, I don't know. I I, I pick Miami to go to the finals um, before the playoffs start. Also, before the season started. Ironically, I was like the Nets or Miami, but I fell in love with KD. Got one of them right. Got one of them right. It's all good. Um, but yeah, I think it's yeah that series is, you know. Shout out to Luca. He oh, you talking about the Warriors series? I was about to say, yeah. I mean, I think oh, the, the other Mavs, series, yeah. the, the, yeah. the, the, the war, uh, damn it, the, the Mavs series on the East Coast. I think that's a toss up. You know, I, uh, you mean the I Boston, think, Boston Celtics in Miami? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah a Boston up. Celtics yeah. in Miami. I think that could go six. Um, either way, honestly, like yeah, Miami, Miami takes a two zero lead. I, I could see Boston winning four straight. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, that's and at the same time, like I could see Miami taking care of business and winning Game Six on the road in Boston. So, um. Cause we saw yeah, what the go, hell it did yeah. to Philly. Oh my goodness gracious! So, um, it's a good series though. I mean, you got a team full of dogs, and, and shout out to you know the Celtics too. Obviously dealing with a lot of you know injuries and guys being out, but still battling. Um, mm-hmm. But you know Miami is real, and Jimmy Butler is real, bro. Like come playoff time, like people say what they want about Jimmy, but come playoff time, he's here. He's yeah. here. Like he's two way, two way. He's here. You yep. know, and, sh- and shout out to P.J. Tucker, too, who, you know, just the idea of, like, knowing his role, right, sticking to it, sticking to the system, sticking to the game plan, and just doing what you got to do. Like, you watch those games, it's like, yeah, NBA champ. And he could do it again, back to back. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a series. It's like Miami, and that's what I was telling people last year about. We had a conversation last podcast talking about, like, the whole 2020 NBA bubble compared to the 21 21- 21 COVID <laughs> championships and stuff like that. If you're going to put an asterisk on one, you can put an asterisk on another. And then people are talking about like, yo, why does Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat look so different compared to like last year? Because Jimmy Butler was struggling, but it was just like that quick turnaround. Like the Lakers and the, the Heat had the, the fastest t- turnaround for the, like the regular season and stuff like that. Then with injuries, like Jimmy was hurt a lot. And then with COVID, you know, this team was totally different. So that now we're seeing like a healthy Jimmy, a healthy Miami Heat roster and team overall. And it's just kind of like, it's nice to see. And we're getting to witness like Jimmy Butler's show once again, like, yo, he's a playoff elevator. Like he elevates his game in the playoffs. It's as simple as that. Like this guy, regular season is cool and stuff like that. But come playoff time, he's here. He's a, he's a, he goes from a star to a superstar in the playoffs. So that's, that's what you like to see for your best players. Same as like LeBron James elevates his game. Same just like a Kawhi Leonard elevates his game. Same as like a, a Kevin Durant elevates his game. Jimmy Butler as well elevates his game when the postseason comes. It, it's tough for me to agree with that statement completely. Only because I think the, the gap between regular season Jimmy and playoff Jimmy is very large in comparison to those other guys. So obviously, I think all of them elevate their games as well. I agree on that end. 
But the way Jimmy does it, it's like, and it's not, J- Jimmy doesn't coast in the regular season. I won't say that. But like, it, it's playoff misses, Jimmy is just so different he misses, than regular he misses, season. He misses a lot of games um, in a regular season. Um, and it's just kind of like, he plays on a team that can like make up for a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like Stephen Curry plays on yeah. a team that can make up for a lot of stuff. Like Steph is phenomenal, but like if Steph really wanted to chill with this team that he's on, and we kind of see, we, to be honest, no disrespect. And I mean, this is as respectful as way possible, but Jordan Poole probably been a best player so far in the postseason. Like Steph has been there, but it's just kind of hasn't been like automatically Steph. You get what I'm saying? Like, well, you on a good team, a great team. You can afford to kind of like, not necessarily, I don't want to keep saying coast, but it's just kind of like, it's other players that can step up during a regular season where it's just kind of like, can take off the stress and the pressure. You know, so when we get to the playoffs though, you remind people like, yo, they are paying me the max for a reason. <laughs> and that's what <laughs> Jimmy Butler does. Right, and Sean that's what Jimmy Butler does. Like, like you, don't get it twisted, but you know me, though, me they're paying me the max for, the, for, the for reason. a reason. There's another that's player that, you know, yeah, I mean, it's that. convenient too because not all players are able to do that. That's why like not all players matter. have that luxury of, you know, all right, you know, I could give it light 24, you know, if I feel like it today, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But some players have to like, shit, get 30, get Again? 30, <laughs> get, get 30 in year 19 just to try to compete. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> I'm here for you, King. So it's, it's tough, but like, if you're also, in a great Trey, team situation. Yeah, Trey Young. Yeah, if you're in a team, great team situation, that's what, and that's what we're seeing. Like right now, like the Dallas Mavericks have played well, but it's just kind of like they overachieved. I'm not saying the series is over or anything, but I'm just being honest. Like Luka Doncic doesn't have a co-star. Like Jaden Brunson has, has been phenomenal. He's played really well, but he's a starter in this league. Like the the as soon as the Dallas Mavericks get a co-star, with Luka Doncic, watch the hell out because then it gets really scary. You know, so they had one in KP, but you know, things ain't not. Yeah, I was they, joking. Yeah, things, things ain't. KP is always hurt. I was we, got, we got we got one prime KP year, and I was kind of like in a bubble and stuff like that when everybody was healthy. Ironically, Knicks um, fans are still cheering. So that's so crazy. That's so but crazy. He, it's, it's, but he could be a, he could be a right on the right team. He can be a, a third option on the right KP. Team. Yeah, but unfortunately, they needed him to be a second option. Like, if they had, if, if the Dallas Mavericks had, you know, a Drew Holiday type of player and then KP, then you would have saw, like, his value really, you know, our, our, our thought process and analysis on KP would be totally different compared to, like, seeing him as a second option, you know? But, like, I think he's a good number three. Number three, number four. Look okay. at DeAndre Aiden. DeAndre Aiden won a max, and he... It's a third option, you know? But, like, that, but, but, I mean, he's also playing with two Hall of Famers. So, but, I mean, true. it also depends on who the other two are ahead of you, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're a third option, like, you know, Chris Bosh was a third option. You know what I'm saying? But so it's, it, I think it all depends on who it is that's in front of you versus how we, you know, tend to evaluate a specific player third option. DeAndre ain't shouldn't be no, no third option after. I mean, with that team, so f- I'm, are you saying he should be higher or lower? Or what's, I think he should be the second thought? option after Devin Booker. I don't oh. think Chris Paul should be the second option. That's a problem. That's the reason why they. <laughs> well, that's different. I'm glad you asked that question, they, though. Yeah, for real, I'm though. Glad you asked, so I, it leads me to my cap or no cap. So cap or no cap. If Luca 
and Devin Booker switch teams. The Dallas Mavericks would be in the Western Conference Finals right now. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, with with, with say, the current roster, everything yeah, yeah, I'm is say, I mean, that's, that's easy. I'm going to say um, cap because, like, I look at that roster, you know, that roster is tailor-made for Luka Doncic because he's a do-everything type of forward. So I don't, I don't think Devin Booker, is a, he's a shooting guard. Like, I don't think he can, like, facilitate, you know, rebound, run the show like the way Luka Doncic can run the show with the Dallas Mavericks. They play two different types of play styles. Like, Luka can do more with less than Devin Booker, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's just the truth. Like, that's the truth. Like, Luka Doncic can do more with less. Like, it's certain guys that, like, you can, like, say, you know, get on my back, I'm going I'm to bleed you. Like, that's Luka. That's guys like Giannis. That's, like, that's guys like LeBron. So, like, it's no shade to Devin Booker, but, like. Right, 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 right. No, no. Man, Devin Booker's phenomenal. He's a scorer. But, like, saying, like, he can probably take that team to that Dallas Mavericks team, and if you swap the two to the West Conference Finals, I don't think so. How do you think? Because I, I like the backcourt of Devin and Jalen. I do, I do, especially IQ-wise. Not just skill-wise, but IQ-wise. But how do you think, right, Luka and Chris Paul will play together? Because, because to your point, right, if Devin Booker is a scorer, the idea of allowing Chris to be the facilitator, right? So I think that, that's a good thing. But then if you got Luka, who's ball dominant, and Chris Paul, who's ball dominant, does that, does that sway you at all? I think it would no. I think it would no. I think the, if if that happened, if Luka Doncic was on the Phoenix Suns, I think they would struggle to get to the Western Conference Finals as well too. The reason why because I said play style, like you said, Luka Doncic and Chris Paul are both very ball dominant. So it's just kind of like somebody got to get the ball up. Now, to Chris Paul's credit, he's played with James Harden, a very ball dominant player, and they were an injury away. I believe to actually probably get into the NBA Finals and get a dynasty. So. I think Chris Paul would be more likely to adjust. My thing is, will Luka Doncic be more likely to adjust? Because sometimes we see Luka right now with Jalen Brunson. Like, Jalen Brunson plays better when Luka Doncic is off the floor. You know what I'm saying? Because he has the, that ball in his hands a little bit more. And he can do a little bit more things. So it's, it's tough. It's like the LeBron. It's like Luka... Luka I know I keep saying Lucas is a LeBron James disciple, but it really is true, bro. Because the same things they say about, have said historically about LeBron James, like playing off ball and doing this and stuff like that, giving that ball up. Like LeBron James does, but it's still like, he, he can, but it's just like, he's so dynamic having the ball running the show. It's just like, you want the ball in his hands. And that's what I said about like, Luka Doncic, he needs a, we've been saying it, we said it before the season started, we've been saying it for a while, like, Luca needs another like scorer, like a shot creator that can take less of the scoring responsibility. That can that, that other player can play the off ball. Luca can still run the show, but like the scoring responsibility, like yo, here go get fifteen in a row, you know, go get go get ten in a row. Similar to like LeBron with Kyrie. Yeah, I was getting ready to say too. Shout out to D Wade because I and the only reason why I say this is because it's I think it's very challenging for players to shift their entire playing styles when you have a player like Bron or Luka that's on your team. Like, obviously, greatness is greatness, talent is talent. But to be able to make that adjustment speaks a lot to guys like, you know, D-Wade. And I, I mean, Kyrie, I feel like it was a little bit different just because, like, you know, playing style is slightly, slightly different than 
um, Dwayne's. But that but that's not easy to do. You know, that's that's not easy to do. Some guys fail at it. But you they know, were natural. Um, but I think it was, I, yeah, I, I would say it's not easy to do, but also I would say it was kind of easy because I feel like they were naturally like scorers and he naturally played the off-call position. Like Kyrie Irving, for great as he is, like, I, you know, I, I love Kyrie, but like I want Kyrie with sh- scoring the ball. I don't want Kyrie really necessarily facilitating and running the show. Like that's just a, that's just the truth. Same with Dwayne Wade. Like Dwayne Wade was a, a combo guard. He can play the point guard position, but you want Dwayne Wade like playing an off-ball spot scoring the ball so that was smart of lebron like the only time like i've ever seen lebron james really win a championship without that kind of like setup was with anthony davis which is why i was kind of like a little shocked you know they were two top five players when they played in the 2020 you know nba season and stuff like that i feel like both lebron james and anthony davis were, were two top five players and stuff um so it was easy to kind of like you know them to go out and win and dominate but that was kind of like the first time that I've seen in LeBron James' career, like, he didn't have, like, this legitimate, like, shot creator and scorer, you know, partner in crime like he has had in the past. Yeah. Like, to your point, too, with Lucas, like, just a guy that's like, okay, let me let me take this possession off. You go ahead and snap, you know. But, I mean, to, I think with Luca, because he's so young, and to your point, too, get the stats while you're young, I think that's what makes it a little bit different. Like, as LeBron's career progressed. It was like, okay, you know, I, you know, it would be nice to have someone else that can that can do something else. Mm-hmm. Like those Cleveland days, you know, everyone was in awe. It was amazing to see, but I know he had to have been like the first Cleveland go round, the first yeah. Cleveland go round. I know there were, had to been days where it was like, shit, I yeah. know you gotta see me out here. I got a question. I know, like, please, what's up? Before we get out of here, do do the Divers Mavericks pay Jalen Brunson? Oh, it's too late now. They should have. They should you know what I'm have. Saying? No, no. Do they pay him like going into this offseason? Or do they, do they let him walk? That's I know a it's a number. I, 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 it's a lot, a lot of money. Of money. I, I know it's a numbers five, game. 11 guard. Yeah. And then also, too, by you doing that, you're pretty much admitting that he's, you know, your second best player moving forward for the future, pairing up with Luka. And then now you're tied up. Like, who do you grab as, a, as the third? Because you know, and I'm getting ready to answer your question in a second. But like because you know that like those two hate to say it, if those are your two best players, you may not be getting winning a championship. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you can't let them walk. Yeah. Um. That's tough. Yeah. Because you know you're not taking a discount. <laughs> ah, you let ah oh shit. I, I say you let them walk. I say you let them walk. You let them walk. It's unfortunate, but you let them walk. You 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 zoom out and see. The bigger picture. It def- it's definitely going to suck. It's definitely going to sting. It's not going to like. It's, it's not an easy decision. But if you have, you know, one of the better players in the entire world on the planet, you know, like you realize, like, okay, we're trying to win a chip, not just compete, not like you know, just make the you know, uh, the, the playoffs. And I mean, hey, they are four wins away from the finals, so it's not yeah. saying they're they're bad or anything. But like at the same time, it's like again, zoom out and just really think to yourself. Could a team led by Jalen and Luka win the whole thing? Maybe they can. Maybe they can. But I, I think that is a risk. But look, at the end of the day, I want Jalen to get his money wherever the hell he goes. That, that's for damn sure. If I want him to get paid wherever. Yeah, if he can get like a four-year $80 million deal, then you probably want to get that done. I think it's going up to like four-year $100 million maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's, we, that's, we still the, got some basketball to play. Yeah, that's what We still that's, got some basketball to play. That's, 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 the, that's why you probably let him walk. Um, but also for Luka's sake, 
don't go out and be stupid and go out and try to like, you know, Rudy Gobert has been mentioned like possibly on the trading, you know, he's going to be on the trading block, maybe him or Donovan Mitchell. Don't be stupid and go out and, and say, we want to trade for Rudy Gobert. Defensively, great. Yeah. But don't be stupid and talk about, oh, trade for Rudy Gobert. And then you got, it's not like a, it's not going to be a Kobe and Shaq thing. It's not. It's going to be a, a Luka Doncic and still like, Luka Doncic. <laughs> what the hell is going on? But I will say, Zach Levine and Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic and Zach Levine gets a ring. Like, if they can go out and get Zach Levine, who's an unrestricted free agent, you get him a, a, a pure shot creator that can play off ball, they'll get a championship. Another player that's available. I don't know, you know, this player is, is on my Dame level territory of, like, his indecisiveness. But Bradley Beal is also an unrestricted free agent as well. So it's just like, you let Jalen Brunson walk and you go out and you try to recruit the hell out of Zach Levine and you try to recruit the hell out of Bradley Beal, more so Zach Levine, because I told you, all them years of backlash, players, players don't forget. Like, even the Bulls went to the playoffs this year, but Zach Levine's, like, exit interview and his response on things lets me know that he has not forgotten all that years of backlash and just because one little successful playoff, like they went to the playoffs, you know, right, yeah, clap it up, clap it up, that doesn't change how players have to feel and deal with all the scrutiny over years and years. Like people remember stuff. So that's why fans and media, you better be careful sometimes because it's a legitimate like thing about like Zach Levine walking. Hey, everybody be petty, man. But, but hey, who gives a shit? Yeah, you know, if if you want to walk, slide. At the end of the day, it's still his his decision. This isn't the team that drafted him. I mean, but at the same time, wherever you go, just know like, either grass ain't always greener. Slash, if you do leave, just be prepared for even more criticism, and hopefully you get some dubs. But, um, but yeah, y'all, you already know the vibes. Couple housekeeping items before we slide. Five star rating on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Show love on YouTube. You already know. Hit that subscribe button. Smash that like button. All right. Oh, crazy, and crazy on YouTube lately. Facts, you. facts, facts, <laughs> facts, facts, facts. Facts. You already know what it is. And just like that, y'all, we gone. Peace.